the Sharks have themselves a case of the holiday hangovers in Los Angeles, losing to the Kings 5-1. to one. We'll talk about that and some more on this edition of Teal Town After Dark. But first, if you want to be a part of the show and join the conversation and chat with us and join fellow Sharks fans, check us out on the YouTube chat or across the social media sphere, that being X, Instagram, Facebook, Threads, Reddit, Discord, and all the shenanigans that happen on TikTok. Check all of that out and more at tealtownusa.com and uh, your donations over at the Venmo are really appreciated at Teal Town USA. They uh, they always help out uh, with getting the uh, internet f- upgraded for the puck guy. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> I always have to throw that in there. That's just our spiel. And uh, no, we really do appreciate it, and we really appreciate uh, everybody watching. And uh, everybody checking us out this evening. But uh, I am joined by uh, Ian Reed and Ian. It's good to see you this evening. And, uh, you know, we see another game. Yeah, another Shirk's loss. It seems to be a repeating theme um, in the last uh, six times out anyways. But um, overarching thoughts on this one. I mean, I was told I, I was told by by people with authority that the Sharks actually had a really easy schedule uh, for the rest of the season. So I don't know what's happening. I I can't tell you what's happening either, my friend. I mean, <laughs> you know, we look, I think we we know where this team is at and we know what this team is yeah. and you know, we talk about having good losses and having bad losses, and we talk about having the kinds of losses that, you know, help um, bring the team forward and, you know, help bring that uh, that game that, you know, that they can look upon when they're standing upon the top of the Western Conference, you know, in 10 years and say, okay, you know, hey, we had to weather this storm back then when we were rebuilding. But this is not one of those kind of games. <laughs> This was this was play good for a period, maybe rest on your laurels and thinking maybe the Kings are a little bit hungover and then coming out and getting your butts completely spanked in, in, in the second period and show no life from there on. Yeah, I think this was a game. I don't know if it's so much like that the Sharks let their foot off the gas as much as I think the Kings just kind of they just warmed up as and the first row was kind of warm up. And then after that, they just kind of took the, took the game by the throat and played. Um, I mean, look at, we've seen a ton of Todd McClellan hockey and that's what the Kings played tonight. And uh, you know, anytime that the sharks uh, did some dumb stuff with the puck defensively, uh, the Kings made them pay. Like it was, it was textbook Todd McClellan hockey. Excuse me. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I mean, Todd McClellan's, style is so rooted in the old Detroit puck possession cycle type game and we just continually saw them um, 
play that in that second period on. I mean, in that first period, and we'll talk about it, I mean, Zetterlin, Fabian Zetterlin, the lone bright spot tonight, I think, with his 10th uh, goal of the season, double digits for, for Zed there. And, and you get to see now a, a piece that is starting to mature and you know, like I said before, if he can if he can top out at at a at a two B type winger, I, I mean mm-hmm. that's such a great great piece and and such a great um, asset to have. And and again, it was kind of a piece that was a bonus piece with Timo Meyer, and it it might end up being one of the more stronger pieces out of the trade. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely looking better than some of the other pieces in that trade. Um, but I think, like, we'll talk about a Hotuk later. Um, but yeah, look at Fabian Zetterlin's a guy who um, I didn't really warm up to at first. But man, if like there's a, if there's a, a end of your award where it's like guys who grew on Ian the most category, uh, it's going to be Fabian Zetterlin at this rate. Like this guy is completely made a believer out of me. When at the start of the season, I was kind of like, well, I you know, everyone tells me this guy's going to be great, but you know, I, I need to see it. And now, like, I really, I really like this player. He's one of my favorite players to watch um, on this team right now, going from a guy who I had really, I don't want to say a negative opinion at the start of the year, but I was just like, so undecided on what we got in him. Yeah, no, I think, I think you, you kind of hit the nail on the head. We did get a little bit of pre-scouting from some of the Devils fans saying, oh, you know, we're going to like this player. Oh, yeah, like Devils this fans player. love this dude. Now I'm seeing why, right? Like I'm seeing why Devils fans love this guy. Yeah. So um, quickly and uh, thank you. I'm not sure who if it's AJ or if it's Puck Guy who's manning the uh, <clears throat> the Zoom meeting tonight. But thank you, guys. Um, we got to get mentally stronger. This is from from Granlin. And well, I mean, maybe mentally stronger is is a good sentiment to have but i don't think you can you can really account for the talent deficit once that talent decides it wants to put it in gear right i mean look the kings when they decide to turn it on it is scary how much just how how much strength how much um I would say puck possession and, yeah. and just how many shots they can funnel to the net. You know, it's just this this combination of physical speed, um, you know, physicality, playing in their end for a long time, grinding you down, and and it's just the type of game that they play. And it's old school Western Conference hockey at its finest. And 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 again, it's scary. And we saw that in that second period. Um, you know, the Sharks. It would end the first period with the one nothing lead. It looked, you know, fairly fairly good as far as the Sharks' effort and energy goes. You know, they definitely looked like they kind of came out on the hot foot there in that first. But in the second, it was just completely flipped. I mean, two minutes in, uh, two minutes fifty seven seconds in, uh, Kevin Fiala gets his seventh of the season with uh, Spence getting the assist there, and they would tie it up. But they would score thirteen seconds later, and, and yeah. This, I mean, I don't, I don't really care who you are. You have to have a level of professionalism in order to prevent pucks from going to your net. And this was just a complete mental lapse on a on a faceoff and busted assignments. And I think Ian, if you want to go ahead on a, on your Ahutuk rant because he was victimized. 
Yeah, I think, look, there's a couple of guys that I thought had a really, really rough night on the on the Sharks blue line. Now, who took one and Kalen Addison is probably the other. Now, Kalen Addison's a guy when he was brought in, he was never brought in for his defensive prowess. Like we we knew this wasn't there with this player. He was a guy they brought in because their power play to start the season was absolutely atrocious. And they wanted to have a blue liner on there. So they brought in Kalen Addison who I think, I mean, by the end of the night, he just looked lost, and I feel bad for him. Nikita Hotuk's a guy who I'm not a big fan of at this point. I feel like he is a guy who, in my opinion, should probably be down with the Barracuda. This and was I a stock that... high and gradually has gone lower for me as well. I, you know, I, I was kind of h- higher at him uh, on the earlier part of the season where I thought he was making good, you know, defensive um uh, types of plays where he would stand up in his own blue line he would challenge puck carriers and he would make mm-hmm. good first passes now i'm not seeing that so much yeah and it's you know the thing with young players right confidence is such a big thing with young players and i just i feel like for some of these guys like Kalen addison like he it'll be interesting to see if he even draws into the lineup tomorrow with the sharks injury issues i don't think they really have a choice a a guy who continuously seems to draw into the lineup and i kind of you know perplexed by that you know and i wonder you know sometimes look at coaches value players differently than fans do i think we know that at this point um but i i really wish i could tell what i what they saw in a hotu because i don't think he's been very good like i just i think he's he hasn't been very good in a long time and i just like to me again like i said earlier like he, this is a guy who i would have sent to the barracuda at this point um i know the barracuda aren't a good team either but i think sometimes like if a guy's getting devoured like he is at the nhl level i mean what else can you do at that point right the problem is of course is that he would have to clear waivers and while i don't think anyone would claim nikita hotuk on waivers um I feel like the optics of losing a piece of the team on wire trade to waivers would be not good. No, no. And especially a piece in which you thought could at least be a sixth, seventh type guy. And maybe he can still be that player, but at this point, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's a complete write off yet. I just, I just wonder if like he's best served at this point, you know, getting the minutes in the NHL that he is. Yeah, and like you said, confidence is key. And, and again, it could be just a, a a case in which, you know, the Sharks are doing a lot of losing. I mean, the Barracuda sure. are too. But, yeah, yeah the Barracuda, while well, they've, well, they've, you know, they've been okay as of late and just okay. Um, but, you know, but again, like, it's hard, right? Because like sometimes you'll hear like, like I'll come on here and I'll be like, oh, you're going to send this player to the Barracuda and keep them there forever. What are you doing? Right. But, you know, in that situation, it's usually because like, you know, they're signing a guy to, to play in their bottom six instead of just pushing a guy down and bringing up a guy like Gushkin, who I think has deserved, uh, you know, an extended look at the NHL level, I, you know. But in, in a situation like with the Hutuk, I mean, this is a guy who's, you know, defense is a hard position to play in the NHL probably one of the hardest positions to play in the NHL, you know, that is a skater position mm-hmm. um, other than maybe center. And, you know, I just, you know, obviously like the game is at a different pace at the HL level, which I think can help a guy gain his confidence back. I don't think he's going to go down there and like, it's going to turn the Barracuda's fortunes at all. But I just, you know, I just wonder if it would just do him some good to, to get those 
those reps in and, you know, maybe a few more practices with the Barracuda while they don't play as frequently as the Sharks do. And I think I have, I mean, I kind of have a little bit of a pet theory on why, you know, it's so hard as a defenseman. I think as a, as a center, you can mature up in the NHL because you've got the ability to kind of shelter them, you know, on a third or a fourth line and in gradually be able to increase their minutes. Whereas a defenseman, sure. you know, their, their minutes are more spread evenly across the six of them and they're going to see more ice time. Yes. But then they're also on the front line of, of the offensive uh, might of the other team right so there's not really any kind of reprieve for them if they kind of have an off night you know taking you know if a center has an off night taking face-offs or off night on possession it won't necessarily kill you but if a defenseman has an off night and makes a couple of yeah. bad turnovers you're screwed you know so. and i think and i think on this blue line specifically like you know you can always you can kind of uh i mean maybe not tonight you'd have a harder time because obviously the kings have last change being at home but I think on home ice, at least, you can kind of, you know, you can kind of give guys more favorable matchups or whatnot. But with this blue line, like, there's a lot of guys that need favorable matchups, I think. So, again, you know, and that's another reason why I just, I I, I wonder what they see in a Hotuker. If it's just a situation, like I said, where um, they're they're just, you know, they don't want to risk putting them on waivers and the optics of that. But I if if I was Mike, I would make that move tomorrow. I don't know who I'd call up. Um to, to take his spot but um it's definitely something that i would uh that i would consider yeah yeah i i think you're on to something there Ian. well um i mean so we did talk about that second goal in the 13 mm-hmm. second span that one was uh, trevor lewis that was his fifth and it was unassisted it was just a nice kind of wraparound type goal again caught the sharks napping. yeah just turnovers like just garbage play with you know the sharks playing garbage in their own end, uh, unfortunately. And that was a big theme of the night. And, you know, like you, like you said earlier, a team like LA who can, you know, who can just kind of forecheck like the way they do and the way they cycle the puck. Like if the, you don't, they have so many weapons now, this LA team that if you turn over the puck, like they've got, you know, they've got a guy on pretty much every line that can really hurt you with it now. And that's a scary thing. Like LA has, Kings or has a excuse me Knights vibe circa 1920 where it's just a team in which every line is like a second line and they can just kind of Mm -hmm. throw just depth at you and and really when that team makes up its mind that it wants to forecheck and wants to play in the other team's end oof forget it I mean they are just a handful and um, again I mean They've done this rebuild on the fly, you know, keeping the old pieces at the at the fringes of the team and really, you know, restrength restrengthening the core of their team. I mean, Quinton Byfield, stud. Yeah. I mean, P.L. Dubois, stud. I mean, mm-hmm. Fiala was just a great pickup. Great pickup. Um, and keeping Kempe. I mean, great long long vision move there i mean blake has really done a nice job and and i mean we saw blakey be just just otherworldly in his in his iq as a defenseman here and yeah we knew he was going to be kind of a special kind of kind of guy going forward in hockey but i think you know i think he's he's really um bucked expectations i mean he had pretty high expectations but these are these are really good as far as as 
far as turning the team around so quickly um, and, and keeping the team relatively competitive even in their down years. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously they did have some pain. Like they, they did draft Quinton Byfield second overall. Right. Um, but I mean, I think the thing that I think I like, the thing that I like about Rob Blake the most and what he's done with the Kings is he identified the guys like, every, you know, everyone thinks, oh, it's a rebuild. You got to strip it to the bolts. And the Kings, they did move a lot of players, right? And they did definitely gain a lot of draft capital from guys that they wanted to move on from. But, you know, they didn't strip it completely to the bolts. They still have Drew Doughty on the blue line, who I think still has something to offer even at, at his current age. You know, um, Anze Kopitar is still Anze Kopitar. Like maybe he's not the Anze Kopitar of old. Like, you know, father time is starting to catch up to him a little bit too, but he's still, you know, he's still a guy that can go there and he can still do, he can still be counted on to do things, you know, and to, to let guys, you know, he can, he can still carry some load and let the young guys kind of, do other things right which is why you know when to kind of bring this back to the sharks you know people are like oh my god i can't wait till hurdle and couture are gone and it's like no you need like some of these guys to be there and still you know, to eat up some of these harder minutes while the young guys kind of get acclimated like it's it's nice to have some of these guys now on the defensive end no i would fire mark rudder vlasic into the sun but you know, I, I still think like it's if the Sharks don't completely shed everybody, you know, hurdle couture, like I, I don't think that'll be the worst thing. And I think the Kings are kind of a good team to show like that's why you don't have to do that. Yeah, and we're getting some some echoes out of out of the Sharks kind of brain trust and Quinn kind of saying the power play really hurt us and, you know, power play demoralizing and no urgency tonight. But again, you have to you have to have a good balance of 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 veterans versus versus new kids in order to kind of create that urgency and to 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 kind of rally the troops I'm, i mean you you gotta wonder in that first period in the in the first intermission Anze Kopitar is probably saying something to the crew like hey guys like yeah. the, he's like look we're losing to the san jose sharks i mean really <laughs> you know like what are we doing here? what yeah, are we doing really here? bad at home this year too so i mean i think that's a trend that obviously they need to correct as well yeah, but but you know what I mean, like like you, like you said, you you gotta have that good mix, and and that's who kind of pushes the urgency train, and you yeah. know the Sharks just don't have that right now. Uh, Pierre Luc Dubois would come in and get his seventh on uh, of the year in the second, um, and giving the the Kings the thir- uh, three to one uh, lead. Um, again, piss poor play. We go into the third, and some more of the same. Adrian Kempe would score twice, uh, getting his uh, almost tenth. three times. I mean. Yeah, you know, say what you will about Kapokokkanen. I thought, you know, he showed up tonight. Um, yeah. So I, I think at the end of the year, I think the one nice thing that's going to be nice about this season is I think this is going to be the first season in a long time at the end of the season we're not going to be talking about goaltending, I don't think. No, I mean, I think I, I think the team has done real has done a real good job of one determining a piece in which you can move forward with i think either piece kako capo or um or blackwood would be a good piece going forward i think i like i tend to like capo just because of the the age a little bit more but um either piece is a is a good piece going forward and either piece can net you you know something of value going forward if you want to go that route as well so i think the sharks really position themselves in a good um, in a good place to either get an asset or to get a, a, a piece moving forward um, and, and 
kind of seeing where where the next piece of from the pipeline might be coming up or or if they want to you know try and see if they want to try and strike gold again in the free agency like they did kind of in the off season but i think this team has some options at the goaltending front and i don't think it's completely bleak um and kind of like you like you said some pieces are starting to emerge that maybe we didn't think much of at the beginning of the season yeah like i i completely written off couple cocking at the start of the season i'm just like oh yeah you know and you know we'll we'll go through the season maybe we'll offload them for a bag of pucks and then we walk them to free agency otherwise um i'm always leery of a guy who's kind of had a rough go until like contract year so that does make me a little you know raise an eyebrow a little bit at, at kapokakinen's numbers but um yeah i i mean if the if the sharks brought him back and it's not like a big term thing i don't think i'd be super upset about it yeah like yeah. if they bring him back for five years i'm gonna be annoyed but if they give him another two years i'm fine with that yeah i think another two to three year contract would be you know a good value three tops. yeah i think three tops um and, and i you know i i would say if they can get him under four million a season oh i don't think they like i can't i can't imagine cocking and asking for significant money over what he's making now based on you know, based on a based on a season where he's looking to get paid, like because his last season wasn't good. No. So I don't know how you you know what I mean. I I, I know it's like the NHL is a very what have you done for me lately sport, but I don't. If you if Kapokakinen walks in and says I want four point one million, I hang up the phone. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, Quinn mentioning on the demotion of Barabanov was going to get him back into the groove. Eklund was because of penalty trouble and again, and uh, got, get some timelines out. Oh, got some timelines out of black. Yeah. I mean, Barabanov's been, I think, you know, a, a guy who's really disappointed me since going back from uh, injury. He hasn't looked the same. Yeah. Um, like he's just been off since he's gotten back and, you know, maybe there's still some hangover from, from that injury or whatnot. You'd hope not, right? Like you'd hope in, in a season like this, like you would just let guys get healthy because what are you rushing them back for? Um, but yeah, you know what? Like as much as I really love Barabanov and I've loved what he's done here as a shark since coming, I've been really disappointed with him since he's been back. And yeah. I don't, I don't blame Quinn for knocking him down, honestly. I have little, I have little issues with that there. Eklund, on the other hand, I mean, obviously Eklund, you want to see, um, I think Eklund, you want to see playing in lots of different situations and stuff. But, um, you know, again, if it, you know, Eklund's not out there killing penalties, and if you start taking a lot of penalties, uh, that can kind of screw things up. So you do want to get him some reps in. Um, I, I don't know. I didn't really have much of an issue with Quinn's deployment of the lines tonight, really. To be honest, I know it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things. It well, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to uh, to scramble, you know, turds and make turds souffle, right? Yeah. I mean, so so I, I, again, I, I would you're only you know the chef is only as good as the ingredients he's got, right? Um, and right now those ingredients are not up to snuff. Um, and again, like you had said, you got to give, you got to give LA credit here with the way that they played. I mean, yeah, LA played a hell of a game. Like I think they, you know, especially after the first period, like they came and they, they took the game by the throat and, um, the sharks. Yeah. I mean, obviously they, they were bad defensively and whatnot, but 
you know, LA is a, a really good team. LA is one of the best teams in the Western Conference last time I looked. There's a reason for that. Yep. Well, uh, we want to say thank you for uh, those of you who are joining us from the TV side uh, who had just finished up with Post Game Live. Um, please ask. Uh, uh, like and subscribe hit the thumbs up um, and uh, also hit the bell icon uh, for notifications you know we go live after every sharks game uh, so of course you'll be alerted when that happens uh, Ian we you know we finished up the game tonight and end up being 5-1 and we had some trickle in from the from the locker room but again kind of one of those hangover type games and teams right back at it tomorrow against Edmonton what what do you want to see tomorrow um, from the guys and and what are your kind of thoughts kind of coming up for, for what you want to see? I think, you know, I want you obviously I think there's some guys who really struggle tonight. A guy like Kaelin Addison, if he gets back into the lineup, you kind of want to see him um, kind of recover. Right. Because I think he looked really shell shocked by the end of the game. Like that's the best way I can describe it is he looked absolutely shell shocked by the end of the game. Um, so obviously, I think you want to see him uh have a you know have a better game um i think you know it's it's gonna be a tough game tomorrow against edmonton right like i know edmonton's kind of been all over the place this season um but they have been good as of late they you know i think they're seven three and one their last 10 um they're starting to come on a little bit i think they've you know they're starting to uh they're starting to find the the back of the net a little bit more um I don't know, man. Like, I just, I just want to see the Sharks play a, a complete game, right? I want to see them. I just want to see them in it. I don't want to, you know, I want to, I don't want this to be a laugher. You know, I think the, this game was kind of as, as not great as it was, like it's a five, one game, but I thought it was like, it, it was an entertaining game, right? Like I wasn't like, uh, I, I'm stuck watching this cause I have to do after dark. Right. And there's been definitely games like that this season where it's like, Oh fuck, I have to keep watching this. And now everyone on YouTube is going to pay. This wasn't one of those games. I think that's what I, you know, I just wanted to play like a, a complete game. I want to see if Mackenzie Blackwood starts, which he should. I kind of want to see him kind of refine his game because I don't think he's been particularly great as of late. Um, so I'd kind of want to see him kind of get back on his bullshit a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think I think you're you're absolutely right, and. Uh... I think you, you and Jules. I don't will think be he's added. been awful. Like I, I know people are gonna be like, "What?" No, but I, I don't think he's been awful. I just don't think he's been as good as he's been at other points in the season. Uh, agreed. I think, I think maybe a little bit of the focus has has drifted into his game. But I was gonna say, you and Jules will be on the podcast tomorrow. We so will. Thank you very much, and uh, and again, you know, check us out if you haven't already to like and subscribe. Um, quickly, Ian. I mean, I know you had gone over your thoughts. Um, I mean, any anything else that you're kind of scoping out, maybe for the CUDA or or World Juniors, if you, if you yeah, want to talk I've definitely about that? been watching the I've been watching the World Juniors. Um, I thought that like um, Finland's in a lot of trouble, but I've liked Heltonen's game. Um, but Finland's in some trouble now because they lost. Uh, they lost to who did they lose to Canada the u.s i don't know who they lost to they lost to somebody i watched it um and then they lost to and then they lost to germany today so they're they're in a lot of trouble um either you know if they don't start winning some games soon they're going to be playing for relegation which for finland is absolutely insanity um i watched uh i watched the u.s game i thought that um i didn't really notice will smith as much as i wanted to 
Um, but I think in this situation, I think it's important to remember that obviously when you come into a team like Team USA, Team Canada, like a team, you know, like some of these bigger teams um, that uh, that are very deep at the international level, like the US and Canada are, obviously Germany. players are going to have to play a role. Um, and I think that, you know, obviously this is a guy, you know, Will Smith's a guy playing on the, you're playing on the third line. Um, he's, so he's playing a role. I noticed his did, line did Germany lose him. to, or did Finland lose to Germany? Yes. Um, so I, you know, I, I, I didn't really notice him that much in the, in the U S game that I watched, but, uh, I think that his line mates were, um, I thought I noticed his line mates more and I think obviously your center is going to have a lot to do with that. So, um, I'm not too worried about it yet. Like I think again, you know, guys are going to come in, they have to play a role. I think it's, um, especially on a stack team like that. Uh, Philip Beestead was an absolute monster last year and he picked up right where he's left off. So that's really nice to see. Um, looking forward to seeing more of Beestead. I'm still kind of annoyed that Beestead's playing in Sweden this year instead of the Barracuda. I think the Barracuda could have used him on what's a pretty thin forward group, even when healthy. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, it's, uh, so far the World Juniors has been a lot of fun. Um, hoping to, you know, catch more games of the tournament as it goes. The only thing that um, sucks about it is, and this is like such a silly thing, we got so spoiled, right? Because it was in North America for like ever. And I forgot like, oh yeah goes to other countries sometimes and then you have to watch hockey in the morning oh yeah i certainly remember that <laughs> right <laughs> well ian thank you so much really do appreciate it and uh i think we'll, we'll we'll call it a wrap there uh in case you miss it and you want to check us out again uh please smash the like the sub and the bell buttons on youtube you have uh, no likes right now like what's going on guys no <laughs> likes come on yeah come on guys but uh if you want to also check us out across podcasting platforms we're on pretty much all of them so that being the apple podcast store the google play store the youtube rewind you got soundcloud you got spotify you got TuneIn, you got iheart you got odyssey and then of course you can always check it out at tealtownusa.com we've got the uh, audio and the video embedded right on the website so that's pretty cool too I'm still uh, looking at zero likes, though, and I'm very upset. <laughs> I see five, so. Oh, okay. Maybe my screen has an update. All right. You're off the hook. Uh, 11. Okay. Sorry. Five, oh, on, five on YouTube, 11 on the uh, on the broadcast split. So. Sweet. <laughs> well, Ian, thank you so much for, for uh, being with me. Um, what are your final thoughts on where the people can find you? Um, I, I wish you could see when the Sharks do good, it's good, but this is not what happened tonight. Um, I mean, look at, uh, enjoy hockey, right? That's the only thing I can say is, is just try to enjoy the hockey. Um, and yeah, I don't know, uh, me and Jules tomorrow. So look forward to that. <laughs> 12 likes. All right. You guys are off the hook. Yeah, that's exactly what I was like. What I was checking on that? Well, as far as my, uh, my sentiments go, I mean, I think I'm going to e echo, what Ian's saying where, you know, you just want a complete team effort. You just want to see the effort, you know, for 60 minutes. Um, if they're going to lose, lose in entertaining uh, fashion. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, again, I want to have some good fundamentals in there too. Sure. You know, a good three to two type game and make it, you know, 40 shots a piece. You know, that'd be fun. <laughs> Something like that. But uh, but as it stands right now, they're not playing good hockey and they need to get back to the good to the good stuff. So anyhow, 
as far as where you can find me, you can use my first name. That's E-R-I-K, last name L-A-N-D-I, across all of the social media garbage. Ian, thank you so much, and we will see you again tomorrow, and we will see the fabulous jewels tomorrow as well. And for everybody at Teal Town USA, keep it real, keep it teal, and keep it real teal. We'll catch you after the game tomorrow against the Edmonton Oilers, and uh, we'll see you after that one. All right, have a good one. Night, everybody.